Welcome to the X Block. Am I right, Marie? Sir, yes, sir! Then listen up. You're listening to the X Block. I'm Jared, and he's Caleb. Let's get into it. You are listening to the X Block Podcast, episode 28. I'm Jaron, and I'm here with Caleb. Hey, and this is the world's number one Xbox podcast. Probably. See, you uh, you fucked it up in our first attempt at recording when you forgot your your window was open like a heathen. Um, but you nailed it that time. So, but for the audience, they don't know that. So it's true. They fine. this might even get cut out. So who knows? No, it's fine. And something else <laughs> I mentioned when we did record it for twenty five seconds before you're like, oh, I forgot my window's open. Uh, was there was someone, dude? We got a listener in the Philippines from last time, Jaren. So like, shout out to the Philippines. That was pretty cool. What up? Welcome. All the way from the Philippines to the humble abode of Canada and Louisiana. Yeah, well, North America. You can just say that, here. Nah, dude. Louisiana is its own place. You guys got gators eating people down there. It's crazy. Jaren sent me an article, like, I don't know, an hour ago that said, uh, you know, an alligator eats man following Hurricane Ida devastation or something. And he said, do you know this person? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know this person. Dude, everyone in Louisiana knows each other. No, I, I live in north northern Louisiana, northwest, so it's it's more like Texas than it is, you know, when you think of the kids riding alligators to school down there south of Lake Charles or something. Dude, if they rode the alligators, they wouldn't get eaten. Clearly, they're doing something wrong. <laughs> I would ride, dude, I would ride an alligator to school, man. It'd be hot as fuck. <laughs> what have you been playing, Caleb? Oh, man, that's a, that's a great question, Jared. Uh, I played a little bit of Siege, not much. Main thing I played this week was Outriders with you. We played that for like, I don't know, five hours one day or some nonsense. That was pretty fun. Uh, and then, I don't know, let's see, Sea of Thieves, Jaren, season four dropped. So guess what I did? You played Sea of Thieves? Well, no, I didn't play the Sea of Thieves season four content. My my friends and I, we did the, another tall tale from the Pirate's Life thing. Mm. And I think we have one more to go. So, you know, ignored that completely. Uh, and then I played a bit of the Elder Scrolls Online. That was what I played toward the beginning of the week. Uh, got a little bit farther than that, but man, that is just my entire life. I told you. Uh, yeah, and then secret secret playing time, Jaren. It's, we're recording this on Friday, September 24th, so I, I have been playing a bit of the Halo Infinite tech preview for funsies Ooh. today. Yeah, so I had to finish our Game Pass game. <laughs> today like finished playing it for enough time to like validate the fact that i played it and then i immediately just threw that shit out the window and started and just jumped into the halo infinite tech preview so the matchmaking isn't live or i guess technically on this friday uh i'm looking at my clock it's 12 p.m central which means the matchmaking just went live and i'll be able to miss it because i'm recording this and uh I also have other like work related things to do after this, but I've been playing the Academy against some of the bots, played the three maps they have available. And uh, it's pretty fun, Jaren. It's a good time. Oh, 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 Jaren. I didn't suppress my phone, dude. My phone's talking at me. There we go. I had to silence <laughs> my phone. Let's stay good. So. Let's stay good. No, yeah, well, it was actually, it, it was uh, my phone is the, like my voice, I don't know what you say, the text message tone is Edie from Mass Effect going, come on, do you got a new message at your private terminal? And, uh. I can get really annoying real fast, but it's also pretty cool, you know? Mm. Anyway, unrelated. So uh, the Infinite Tech Preview, Jaren, it's it's fun. That was the first time I played Halo Infinite today because I didn't get invited to the first one because they hate me. I like the weapons. I'm not, obviously, not as good at this game as I am other Halo games, but I can turn the bots up to ODST difficulty, which is the second highest, and I can kind of like hold my own in a 1v3, Jaren. Like I got, it's just me. You can, you can set all the settings to where it's just you in the middle of a match. And you can equip whatever weapons you want out of the ones that they have available. And I just grapple around like Spider-Man. Didn't know or didn't think that I would like the grappling hook as much as I do. But it is actually pretty fun and it is pretty balanced. That They can't just use it willy-nilly, you know. And mm. it is an equipment. And uh, for me, dude, I, I, give it, I give it a thumbs up. 
I would like it if you had to damage enemies a little bit less, you know, the bots a little bit less for them to like die. Other than that though, good time. And I wanna play matchmaking and I wanna play big team battle and with other people. Um, and also I've been playing it with no friendly AI bots really. So it's just been me damaging everybody, but I imagine in a match where like everybody's already half damaged or I come up on people in a fight, I can finish off kills pretty good. So it's it's exciting, it's good. It's good, Jerry. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. You're the Halo guy. I didn't sign up, so I missed the window. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta like keep playing it to see how much I enjoy it. But it's not, it's not bad. Like the game is fun, and uh, it is, it is skill based. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more. Hopefully, getting some matchmaking in. By the time you guys hear this, the first weekend of matchmaking arena will be over. But this coming weekend, if you're hearing this on the Monday that this comes out. Uh, they're going to have time slots for big team battle matchmaking, and I'm hoping to try some of that out. That's what I've been playing, Jared. What about you? Uh, still just Yakuza. I really got nothing new for everyone. I played Outriders with you. I played a bit of Yakuza, but I've been pretty busy this week. Apparently, every goddamn person I know has a birthday party between <laughs> September 20th and September like 30th. Dude, their, their parents all fucked in the same month, man. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how I can help you there. <laughs> so I've just been doing a lot of that. And then I recorded a, a different podcast yesterday that's not out yet. So oh, there's a tease on me. Yeah, cheating I'll be appearing somewhere else completely unrelated to video games. Jared, you had an affair? Mm hmm. Jared, I thought we were close. What happened? This is how you found out. <laughs> no, in front of everybody? I've also been having a secret meetings uh, about oh. you with other people. Oh, no, Jared. Good meetings? You don't know. You won't find out till probably much later. This is the worst day ever. <laughs> Got to do a podcast <laughs> after this. <laughs> and now, why don't we move over to Outside the Box, you know? We got a lot going on in the Outside the Box, Jaren. Hit me with it. I'm thinking now. Outside the Box. Where we cover all the news you need to know outside the Xbox community. Now us at the X-Block, we just want to extend a warm hand, you know? Just a weirdly warm hand to mm. our friends over at Nintendo and welcome them back to the world again. They're not my friends, Jaren. Don't, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Here are all the biggest announcements from September 23rd's Nintendo Direct. Ooh, which we, you and I, T, remember we said, we reported on the reports that there was going to be a Nintendo Direct in September? Yeah, you basically confirmed it. And then, yeah, dudes, the U.S. government leaked it ahead of time based on some, <laughs> like, I don't know, controller FCC thing. I don't know. There's a whole VGC report on it. You guys can go read. We don't care. But then it happened. And it was, uh, a lot of people are calling it the, one of the biggest you know, and Nintendo showings in over well over a year because they never do anything. So yeah, Jaren, why don't you tell me what happened there? Well, the most groundbreaking news, they announced a Super Mario movie. <laughs> Is that the most groundbreaking? It comes out December 21st, 2022, and everybody is very upset that Chris Pratt is going to be Mario and not the guy who voices Mario. You know, the guy who usually voices him and only goes, yippee! That, apparently, what? they wanted that guy to, to voice him in a movie. Yeah, so, dude, the, the, I don't know if this was announced there or if the cast was announced. I'm, I'm, I don't really care, but, dude, the movie is, is going to be awesome. I think Illumination is making it, which is the people who, I think, make uh, you know Despicable Me and those kind of things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the ones who are making it's animated. And yeah, they announced the voice actor cast list. And I saw people on Twitter saying like it look the, the whole Shigeru Miyamoto talking about everyone thing. It it did look like uh, a mega 64 skit. Like it didn't look <laughs> real as it was happening. I saw an announcement uh, or not an announcement. Sorry, I saw a tweet that was from like two years ago that was being retweeted on Twitter. And some guy was like, man, after these video game movies, they're going to make like a fucking Super Mario movie and Chris Pratt's going to be Mario. Dude, he nailed it as a prophet. <laughs> we gotta ask him about things, dude. We gotta pay that guy for his services. 
But, uh, they, <laughs> dude, I was laughing so hard when they announced this castle. I didn't watch this live, but I watched some of it, like this video afterward of Shigeru Miyamoto. And it's like, yeah, Chris Pratt is as Mario. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Charlie Day as Luigi, which I'm, I'm excited about. That one's perfect. Yeah, Jack Black as Bowser, which I don't know how that's going to work. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Uh, then we have Keegan-Michael Key from, you know, Key and Peele as Toad. And Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. And you're like, this is going to be fucking awesome. I'm like kind of excited. Everybody else is like shitting on it. And I guess the hardcore, you know, like real, I don't know, purist people are like, you know, it needed, it deserves better people playing these roles and people that fit the mold more or something. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm down for a Chris Pratt Mario where he's like, comes around and then Mario, instead of an Italian voice, dude, he has a straight, like, you know, Southern accent. Where it's like, we have to get over there, Luigi. And you're like, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm really excited. Is a, Did you say is Wario in this? Is Wario in this? Let's see. Uh, I said Luigi was. I don't see Wario. I really want Wario to be in this, and I want him to play be played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> dude, there might... Yeah, Call it now, Jaren. It's not listed here, but because it says there's going to be other you know characters in there. If, if Danny DeVito is Wario, man, I'm going to lose it. If Danny DeVito's Wario, I'm going to see this movie opening night. Well, I don't know if I'm going to see opening night, but at this point with the cast list and illumination and everything, I'm, pr- I'm probably going to see it. I like how this is really giving away how much we give a shit about Nintendo that the most <laughs> thing we've talked about so far is that they announced the Mario movie. It's the only thing people are mad about is the cast list. It's the only thing we're excited uh, about. People are stupid. Jared and I are not <laughs> Nintendo fans, but I guess we can get into the games. For Xbox people, the movie is way more important, but you can get into what they talked about. Uh, we saw Bayonetta 3. It's finally returned after years of absence. Yeah, Platinum Games. Yeah, it's coming 2022. And original creator Hideki Kemiya acting as executive producer. This game, dude, it's uh it's coming yeah, it was announced a while ago. It's a uh, Bayonetta's longtime, you know, franchise or I guess IP whatever. And Jaren, dude, I watched did you see the gameplay trailer? It looks like Bayonetta, but it looks cool. It looks cool, but like it's just it's really Japanese where like everything just no offense, I mean no offense to Japanese people, but for me on Japanese games, they just kind of suck in a way where they're just like under like animations are lacking textures are lacking you know and i watched it and i'm like man this does not look great and then they showed i don't know what was happening on screen i'm not a bayonetta fan it was just crazy shit and i'm just this japanese kind of game where thirty thousand things are happening on your screen and you're like okay cool whatever and then she like summoned some giant ass like dragon monster dude and then it screamed and it sounded exactly like it was an elephant noise like you know the <laughs> elephants from the movies like that stock noise where they're like yeah you know that's that exactly what they sound like yep yeah, that it made it was like I was like, did that dragon just like have an elephant noise? Because <laughs> that's what they used for it. So I'm like, that's how excited I am about Bayonetta three. I'm like, yeah, dragons who they used a fucking elephant trump for uh, animation or a uh, noise, you know, sound effect. I'm like, cool. And then the next biggest one that I saw people's reactions to was Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It's basically Super Mario Odyssey, but with Kirby. Yeah, it's a 3D platformer Kirby game. It actually, this is one where unlike, you know, Bayonetta 3, this one looks pretty, you know, higher quality kind of 3D platformer, mascot platformer. It looks kind of cool. If you're a Kirby fan, this ought to be pretty hyped. And they announced a bunch of other stuff too, like uh, Disco Elysium Final Cuts coming there. They have Dying Light 2 Stay Human Cloud version coming February 4th, 2022 to Switch, I think. They had the Castlevania Advance Collection, which people were apparently kind of excited about. Uh, and that's four cas- classic Castlevania games coming to Nintendo Switch, which are Aria of Sorrow, Harmony of Dissonance, Circle of Moon, and uh, bonus game Dracula X. 
I think those are coming to Xbox too. I think there was like some tweet. I think they're on the PC fact. as well. Yeah, so this is like coming to everything. And then there was like some sequel to some, uh, I don't know, old SNES or NES game. Uh, it starts with like an A. I don't know what it's called. But uh, they, they may announce some game that came out. And then the main thing, Jaren, that was announced here, like a big thing, was the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. And from GameSpot here, they say, quote, a new Nintendo Switch Online plan is coming and subscribing will provide you with access to a variety of Nintendo 64 games like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Star Fox 64. Additionally, you'll be able to play Sega Genesis games. The new membership plan will be added in late October for, and they don't know the price yet, uh, and you can charge over from your existing plan without having to cancel. More details are coming at a later date or later time and more games will be added after its initial launch, including The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and there will also be a special controllers that resemble the respective system's originals. So yeah, they're selling like a Sega controller and a Nintendo 64 controller for $50 each. And people are really fucking excited about this, Jaren. And I texted you yesterday where I'm like, man, like Nintendo sucks so hard, but they've trained their fans to be like Nintendo has these banger announcements, you know, that come out because the fans, they've set expectations so low and they fuck their fans so much and give them nothing and are so anti-consumer and consumer shit that when they give them something, everyone goes wild. I'm like, dude, you guys, and I think I texted you, I was like, Nintendo should have their entire back catalog of games available, you know, online for online purchase already, and they should be like a one-time purchase that you then own the games in perpetuity across future Nintendo systems. But instead, they're like, dude, subscribe to our Switch Online Plus expansion pack, and we'll add some N64 games in there and some Sega games, and then throw you some more later for some ex- increased price. You're like, okay, dude. It wouldn't even shock me that if like later something came out about this where they give them to you for that month and then they like somehow steal them from your device and put them back in the vault. <laughs> They're such assholes. Like they released that Mario 3D All-Stars <laughs> collection that was literally out for like five months and then they delisted it to where you couldn't buy it. You're like, you're such dicks. And the Super Mario 64 was in there, Jaren. And then they took it away. And now they're putting it back in this Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack thing that costs more money. And that'll be one of the, I think, nine initial N64 games that are available. And it's like, you guys are such fucking cunts regards, in regards to consumers. Like, you, do, you just do nothing right. But Nintendo fans are, like, super hype because, I don't know, this is exciting for them because they, Nintendo just starves them and gives them Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> oh, and Splatoon 3. And Splatoon 3. Who cares? All right. This next thing. If you've kind of been following the games industry news for the past week, this came out right after we recorded our last episode, so feel free to skip through this one. We're just going to go through it quick because it's almost like a full week old. THQ Nordic 10th anniversary. They showed off like a a stream with a bunch of games that are coming out soon. I'm just going to read them as a list as if I would the Game Pass games, and then we'll talk about maybe two that we care about. They showed off Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed. They announced Outcast 2, A New Beginning, which is a sequel to the 1999 cult open world action adventure game Outcast. They showed off Jagged Alliance 3, which is the first true sequel since 1999. They really liked 1999. Expeditions mm. Rome was announced, which is a turn-based RPG. MX versus ATV Legends is back, and they're going to be doing some stuff with that. Super Power 3, which seems just kind of some weird game elex 2 i remember that that was like a sci-fi rpg that came out in 2017 that kind of 
had like a mixed reception. It had some bugs and it had poor balance, but I think people liked the core. So hopefully the second's good. And then Caleb's number one, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Hell, Shake yeah. was announced. Yeah, so a lot of, kind of a lot of games here. Essentially THQ's, you know, showing, whereas the Embracer group kind of dropped the ball at E3 this year. This was, you know, actual games. So Destroy All Humans 2, that's a remake coming out. You know, I probably they're going to probably make another Destroy All Humans. Then, dude, I, did you see the trailer for Outcast 2? I did, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard of that franchise before, the first one. And I saw that trailer and I was like, that actually looks kind of cool. Not going to lie. Um, and it was it's been I think IGN reports it as a uh, it's one of the first true open world games in the modern era. And, and, and its sense of scale and exploration was ahead of anything else in its time. That's when the original Outcast came out in 1999. So Outcast 2, that looked kind of cool. Uh, Jag Alliance, they didn't really care about. The other one that I was interested in that I wasn't already, wouldn't have been interested in if I didn't know about it, was Elix 2. I'd never heard of the first Elix that came out in 2017. But yeah, then IGN says it got kind of, you know, it, it had a lot of problems. But I watched the trailer for that. That was kind of cool too. Like, I don't know if I'm going to play either of those games I mentioned, but they're worth watching the trailer for if you're interested in these kind of, you know, open world action RPG kind of, uh, kind of games. And then the two, Jaren, that I want to mention... First of all, you know MX versus ATV Legends? Mm-hmm. Dude, guess what Guess what your boy Caleb G played in 2005, Jerry? Of it course. MX versus ATV Unleashed mm, on the original game. Xbox. Yeah, a classic, classic fucking game. So I played that, and I saw MX versus ATV Legends. I was like, oh, they're still making those. Cool, interesting. I played that last one when I was eight. You're like, all right. And then, uh, yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. Did not see that coming. And uh, that one's really interesting. For those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. And this is basically a new kind of SpongeBob, I don't know what you would say, platformer kind of game. Uh, I have a few things to say about this one, Jaren. So on Steam, they say, you know, key features, unlock classic and new platforming skills like the fish hook swing and karate kick. So, you know, moves and typical of a platformer. Don more than 30 fun-tastic costumes like SpongeBob and or, uh, Snail Bob and SpongeGar. Travel to seven distinct wish worlds, like wet Wild West Jellyfish Fields and Halloween Rock Bottom. That's cool. Experience all the buddy move banter with SpongeBob's permanent companion, Balloon Patrick. Don't know how I feel about that. Meet all your favorite Bikini Bottom Bottomites from the series, voiced by their original actors. That's good. And then enjoy the in-game soundtrack featuring 101 songs from the series, including Sweet Victory, which is what was in the trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer for this game, go watch it. It's really quick and really cool. I'm excited, Jaren. I don't know. They didn't show gameplay, so I don't know if it'll be fun, you know, or if it'll be like something I'm you know, like super interested in, although I probably will play it. W one thing I'm disappointed in was they used an art style kind of reminiscent of the SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, the remake, you know, of that game. Yep. And it, they used an art style that was like way, you know, super saturated and very colorful. More so where it was like annoying, you know, like bright yellows and bright reds and all these things where you're like, that's not really like that's too much. Even for the newer kind of art style of the show, that's more colorful. If you go back to the original first three seasons or so of SpongeBob there, it wasn't like super bright and colorful or anything like that. It's it's really like they, they changed the art style, I think, a bit as it went along. Where initially it was more like gray and browns and like the yellows were more like, you know, dark mustard yellows instead of bright and shit. And that was like the the art style. And that's how they made Battle for Bikini Bottom as well initially. And then with this new SpongeBob stuff, they seem like they're going for a super highly saturated, you know, high color approach where I'm like, I'd, I'd prefer it be more diluted, but whatever. Yeah, because it's for that's children. Kinda how, yeah, I mean, but Battle for Bikini Bottom was was for children too. And they just 
kept the art style, you know, from the show. The initial. Mm-hmm. The children now it's like just, like bright colors. Well, Fort, it's just Fortnite, and it's just, yeah, appealing to the most <laughs> lowest base. Like, bright colors make you look at it more, make, make look good. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. very fucking basic of you. But, you know, you didn't used to do that, and... I prefer if you kind of stuck to something original, but you know, whatever. It's it's still SpongeBob, more SpongeBob. I'm excited. I mean, I talked for a lot there, but you know, big SpongeBob platformer fan, Jaren. So what do you what do you feel about all this stuff? You have anything you're excited for? Or is that it? I'm excited for Outcast too because I always like me some new RPGs, and if it's gonna do something interesting and and new, then I'll definitely be down to play that. And I really like my RPG turn-based tactical games. So I'm definitely in for Jagged Alliance 3. It kind of just mm. looks like third-person wasteland. I'll probably let you tell me more about that as it comes out. I don't think it's co-op, but yeah. Um, I'll let you I'll let you kind of tackle that one. I'll tackle SpongeBob. All right. That's the end of Outside the Box. Oh, no, no, no. Ta- reverse. Skirt. Going back, Jaren, there was one piece of news that, that broke, you know, while we were er, a little bit earlier that I was going to mention. And this is just a follow-up to something we talked about, you know, to give you guys the latest up-to-date news. But Eurogamer reports on uh, September 24th today. Ubisoft reportedly fires takedown notice at GeForce Now games list. So you guys remember that GeForce Now, NVIDIA GeForce yeah, Now real? streaming service? Yeah, so yeah, they said it wasn't real, you know? They're like, it, it's it's straight up, you know, it's un- it's stuff that's not, you know, unannounced necessarily. It's just, it's, none of it's real. And it's like, okay, cool, gotcha. And then Ubisoft went to the guy. This is from Eurogamer. Eurogamer says, quote, Pavel Jundik, which that's a name. The data miner and creator of SteamDB said in a tweet that Ubisoft had issued him a DMCA notice for the list. And uh, that <laughs> they showed the tweet, and then they say, I can confirm that the list, uh, this is, I guess, Ubisoft, or not Ubisoft, Eurogamer, previously hosted on GitHub is indeed now offline. Of course, the unintended effect of the takedown notice is the refreshed attention to the Ubisoft titles in the list. These include Project Meteor by Ubisoft Sophia, Project Q by Ubisoft, Project Over by Ubisoft Paris, and Project Orlando by Ubisoft Ivory Tower. And then Eurogamer says, based on the investigatory work of Reddit, Project Orlando appears to be unreleased DLC for The Crew 2. Project Meteor, meanwhile, appears to be new DLC for Valhalla. So there you go. I don't know. Ubisoft was like, hey man, you want to take that down? And then even in Eurogamer's article, they're like, why the hell did you do that? You're just drawing attention <laughs> to it. It was already out there. We all know about it. Yeah, NVIDIA already said it wasn't real. And then you stru- then you had it taken down because it was real. So clearly, yeah, that's that shit's happening. So, you, you know, Ubisoft trying to trying to undo the Internet. <laughs> and that is all for Outside the Box. We are now going to move into the X block. You excited? You like doing that? Shut up. (laughs) The first story in the X block, Minecraft dev Mojang reportedly has two new games in the works. Hey, Jaren, 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 Mojang. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? The report comes via Windows Central, which states that based on information from trusted sources, the developer behind the global phenomenon is currently working on two all-new projects that aren't Minecraft proper or its loot-based RPG Minecraft Dungeons. And on Instagram, they have been showing, like, uh, how's it described, 2D pixelated side-scroller kind of stuff in the vein of Terraria or top-down farming adventure like Stardew Valley. So maybe we're going to get a 2D kind of like pixel art Minecraft game. Yeah, that comes from GameSpot. And then GameSpot also says the posts received hundreds of thousands of likes, which isn't surprising given Minecraft's massive popularity. And so, yeah, they don't know if they're working on, yeah, a kind of Terraria type of game over there or what. But then GameSpot also points out that they have done things like, you know, Minecraft Earth and they've done other things like Minecraft Dungeons, which we already mentioned. 
And Minecraft had the whole story mode thing with Telltale. That's, I think, now on Netflix or something yep. <laughs> that you can play. So, yeah, I mean, there's it looks like they're working on a couple other things. I don't know if one of them will be just mobile or if there'll be, like, new big games like Minecraft Dungeons. And I guess this is an important time to mention that Minecraft Dungeons, I think, recently just came out on Steam. And we're pretty sure that they had, I think, two seasons of updates and stuff, expansions. But I think they're done with the game now. Like, the, the game is not going to be, like, have any more expansions, I'm pretty sure. And so, yeah, if you want to hop on Minecraft Dungeons on Steam or just now on Xbox, I think it's in Game Pass, but the DLC isn't. So you have to buy it, but go do that. It's uh, it's fun. It's a basic, you know, dungeon crawler. But uh, if you have a friend and you just want to chill out, then it's it's pretty fun. If the first game is a 2D pixelated side scroller, Caleb, what's the second? I have no, I literally don't know. Like the, the Terraria style 2D Minecraft, that makes sense, right? And we, we assume that that is one of them. Like it's gotta be. The other one could be anything. Like it could be a dumb mobile puzzle game or some shit, you know, like I have no idea, no clue. Minecraft Call of Duty, first person multiplayer shooter Minecraft where you can break through the blocks to shoot people on the other side of the map. Yeah, like Fortnite, dude, but you know, like where they build <laughs> and they have the pickaxes and everything, it's Minecraft. Yep, there you go. Xbox's Perfect Dark reboot will be co-developed by Avengers Studio Crystal Dynamics. That's a, that's some breaking news, I guess, from Thursday, September yeah, it's from last night. Or last night, yeah. So it just, this is fresh news as we're recording this. By the time you hear this Monday, maybe there's more info. But what's the story, Jared? Essentially, this caused a real stir on social media because Xbox's uh, self-proclaimed Quad A studio is enlisting the help of Crystal Dynamics to basically create the Perfect Dark reboot. And they still say they're in early stages and the previous director of the Tomb Raider series is the guy who works for the initiative and is the game director of the Perfect Dark project. So there is like a connection between the two teams, at okay. least. And I want to I want to know what your initial reaction to this is. And if it's like the same as people on Twitter who are kind of going like, what's up with this? Like, you're supposed to be able to make your own game. Well, here's I looked more into this, actually. So for those of you who don't know, Crystal Dynamics, kind of a prominent high end studio that made... um tomb raider and the rise of the tomb raider 2015 which is a great game and then they recently released the avengers which sucks but we don't know if that's crystal dynamics fault or if they're just not prepared for that kind of game or whatever the hell so that's not great and then yeah now so perfect er, <clears throat> what was it the the initiative there we go i had to look it up i was like okay yeah the initiative who's making a perfect dark reboot that got announced at 2020's game awards or like shown off we already knew they were making it but then it got like a, a cgi trailer those people are uh, supposed to be a quadruple A studio, which was a term that I think came out in the job listings for that when they were hiring years ago. I went to Windows Central, Jaren, and this is a 2019 article uh, over at Windows Central. And they say, quote, the initiative also looks to set expectations going forward, claiming, quote, staying small and staying agile will actually be our strength, end quote. Followed by words from Gallagher, the studio lead states, quote, the bar is high, end quote, end quote, the challenge is for us is making sure we deliver on those expectations, end quote. And so, yeah, and then Windows Central says it indicates the initiative is starting small for its early projects, leveraging a tight team focused on innovation, not scale. And that's kind of in contradiction, Jaren, with what they said about having a quadruple A studio, which was just stupid to begin with, clearly. And I don't know how I feel about them getting, you know, the Crystal Dynamics to co-develop with them. I assume that will make the game better. I think that may say something about their studio and what they're able to do. Like, does this mean that they're having trouble, like the game's in trouble and they need help, or, or does it mean that it's just an easy way to get resources? I've never even seen this kind of partnership where Xbox went outside of its like first, first party to get Square Enix's kind of prize developer on a first party Xbox Perfect Dark title. I don't, I don't really know what the hell that's about. All right, this 
would not be the first time that Microsoft has partnered with an outside studio from a big AAA uh, publisher to finish some of its games. They first partnered with Creative Assembly uh, on Halo Wars 2, and they also partnered with Relic to create alongside Age of Empires 4. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I know about Halo Wars 2. That was more just like a Creative Assembly made game that 343 kind of gave input on. Because like, that's what Creative Assembly is made to do. Like they made that game essentially. And 343 gave them, I don't know, lore tips and other kind of things. Yeah, but it's like, that's what I mean. They have had this thing where they have like studio, a studio that oversees the project and is like in charge of like the creative of the project. And then they have other people come in and help them out. And that seems to be what the initiative is doing I, here. I guess it's kind of similar. Dynamics. I don't know if they're actually like doing that in this regard. I guess it's not confirmed or if they're literally just co-developing the game, which is what it seems more so that they're doing. I'm not sure because they were supposed to be the prime developer on the, you know, the Perfect Dark reboot, whereas 343 was never the prime developer on a Halo Wars 2. You know, I'm not I don't know about this, dude. It's like I was excited kind of when they I didn't think I'd be excited for the Perfect Dark reboot. Then we saw the CG trailer and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. At this point with like this, you know, like they're bringing on another developer from out like at Square Enix to help with development stuff. I'm like, okay. At this point, when the game comes out in five years, I'll take a look at it. But until then, I'm, I can't say that I'm like excited or have super high expectations and hopes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, if in, the, in terms of Age of Empires, World's Edge is, an, is a studio under the Xbox Game Studios umbrella, which is responsible for managing the Age of Empires franchise. So they're the... Yeah, I don't know about they're that. They're the one. primary developer, and they brought in Relic Entertainment from Sega to help them make the game. Yeah, so the, there you go. That's an example. And uh, the Age of Empires games are really good. I haven't, I, well, I played Age of Empires, uh, I think, 1 and 2 Definitive Edition, but not like super intricately. I played them each for like some hours, you know, and they're, they're really good well-regarded games but i yeah i don't know about the development of of the age of empires game so xbox has like done this kind of thing before how do you feel about it though like what do you what you i really don't think it matters i think that you're gonna see a lot of this when you have a company that is focused on streaming where you're gonna have your main studios who kind of come up with your ideas and kind of your people who run the development of a game and you're gonna bring in other studios to help support you so you can crank out games quicker like netflix does the same thing with their creative teams where they Mm -hmm. have their creative team create the show and then they bring in outside help to help them make the shows quicker and help them get them edited quicker. I assume Microsoft will continue to do this as they try to get games out every three months. Yeah, this is kind of to your point and to my point of I don't really care about this game now. Like, show me in five years. Like, see you. Bye. Like, I don't care. Is that this is uh, Xbox's games exist within their streaming service now. So, like, it's like, okay, Perfect Dark may or may not be in trouble at all either way don't know but uh i have 20 you know nine other games to think about so i don't have to care you know and it's not halo infinite so because that's specifically something i care about so it's like yeah this this is this development kind of come came up in this game's development and i'm like okay i'll just play every other game i think the biggest thing here is this is probably to avoid a halo infinite situation where your team has to keep delaying the game and like resetting saying oh we're not quite there yet delaying features all that kind of thing here you just bring in a team early and get ahead yeah clearly halo infinite is in uh has been in development hell like that's clear and they probably could have used another year to year and a half on the game to make it perfect uh and instead they're opting to really focus on their you know their their model of seasons and updating the game to just like oh like they're setting fans expectations of being like you're going to it's you're going to have the idea that this game's just going to be updated over time and we're going to do our best to make it your idea to make it you okay with it even though it's going to launch like content incomplete right 
That's what Halo Infinite's doing, essentially. Yeah. Now, this next story, kind of a bummer, but we'll see when it gets to Xbox if it changes. Uh, This is from Steven Spawn over at Twitter. He's the, I believe he's the head of the Able Gamers uh, charity that, um like, raises a lot of money for uh, disabled gamers. And he put out on Twitter, well, at Arcane Studios, it took me exactly 12 minutes to figure out I can't play at Deathloop as a disabled gamer. On-screen keyboards don't work, ignores input from voice recognition, mouse sensitivities capped at one, putting this out there so others with challenges like mine, like no, so he's warning them, and then he says refunded at the bottom. And uh, this is, we're not going to take too long to talk about this, IGN on their article goes into like other people's examples of it, but he's the main guy, like he's the, he runs basically everything that goes through disa- or abled gamer, gamers, the charity, and everybody kind of knows him as being the front-facing person for disabled uh, people's issues in video games. Yeah, IGN did the, the, they basically wrote an article that kind of summarizes the overall story, which is that Deathloop has some accessibility problems or like complaints with people not being able, it's not very accessible with like text size even, or like the cursor for the menus and like a bunch of a bunch of things that you can go read at IGN if you want. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jaren, what do you think about with this story? I want to see your take on it. Uh, I'm just hoping that when it comes over to Xbox, that it gets the same kind of treatment that basically every other Xbox game gets, where they make like a a big effort to include every type of gamer, not just yeah. the people who are comfortable playing first person shooters. That being said, uh, Spawn does point out that because of its like first person shooter elements and uh, all that kind of stuff that he's not sure if this game can be changed to a way where it is like inducive to the his community of of gamers yeah it's uh it's interesting because we you and i had a discussion about accessibility like two or three maybe episodes ago if anybody wants to go find that and this is just another one of those things where there there are just multiple moving parts that, that are nuanced that people have to pay attention to for this it's like well first of all it's objectively better to have more and better accessibility options for people to play. Like, that's just a good thing. Like, I don't know how you can deny that. Be like, no, I don't want it. It's like, okay, well, if it doesn't take away from anything else in the game or the experience, then, you know, it's probably just a good thing overall. Like, I don't know how you can argue that. The The second thing that people got to keep in mind is games don't, ha- and developers don't have to make games that are accessible. Like, that's not something they have to do. It's not a city sidewalk where there needs to be a ramp for people who can't walk to get into the state house bill or the courthouse, right? It's not that. It's a game. I'm sorry. The I guess the third thing or another part about this is that, you know, it's like the, not every game is for everybody. And in this case, it could be harder to implement accessibility in Deathloop. It would be a good thing for them to try to do that, you know, but it's not like if there isn't, it's like, well, I don't like does every movie come out with like a kind of uh, of option for people who are blind, you know, yep. so that they can not just hear, do, do they were like, they yep. just can't hear the audio? Do in they the, actually have in that? In theaters, yeah. There's a, a thing for people who are blind in theaters? Yeah. It, they I get didn't know headphones. that. That's, that's pretty cool. I was I was going to point to an example <laughs> and say that like, you know, these, the people who are blind, you know, like they can't even, they can't experience every movie with like accessibility options, you know, and I was like, oh, well, knowing that, that's actually a good thing. Like that's a positive thing. <laughs> and it does, I guess, but counter to what I presumed going in, Jaren, that actually points to an example where you could try to do better to include accessibility options for gamers. Because while I don't think in games you like have to, because it's again, it's a game, 
So I'm, I'm sorry if every game isn't for everybody with every disability. But I think that Arcane can take the feedback. Like, the feedback's good. And, like, talking about it, IGN writing an article about it, that's a good thing, right? It raises awareness and kind of gets the idea out there that there are some things that can be fixed. And, yeah, by the time it gets to Xbox, hopefully we'll have, you know, more accessibility options. But in the meantime, like, I guess you shouldn't feel super and my point maybe is that you shouldn't feel like super entitled right like if i if i couldn't use my legs i wouldn't be like super mad at the nba for not letting me you know be able to ever play in the nba i don't know that's kind of a bad not one-to-one example but that's my point yeah i think that indie developers should get a pass because they don't have the the resources for that kind of stuff that's a good point i think triple a studios should uh have divisions and things that make it so the game is at least accessible like we've had studios go above and beyond uh what is like naughty dog like naughty dog or even xbox most of the time with their special controllers and all that kind of stuff that i feel like now when it doesn't happen it's like far more of an indictment on the company that they just like don't didn't think about stuff like this like Deathloop had all this extra time to work on the game and there's ways that they could have made this game more accessible and it seems like that they just kind of were like, eh, we're not, uh, mm-hmm. we're not too worried about it. And it's like, you're a big AAA studio. You should at least make an effort. Like they don't even, the, the small, like little things that he points out, uh, like sensitivity issues and all that kind of stuff. Why isn't that stuff just there? Like, I think as many people should be able to play these kind of games as possible. I agree on like the difficulty setting stuff. Some games are going to be more difficult than others. That's up to the developers and the creatives. But as a creative, usually your entire goal is to have the most people experience your art. So if you can just hire outside teams to take care of accessibility stuff, then I feel like that makes more sense than just not doing it. I, I would agree with you. It's it's a bit complicated because it's objectively like good and you want it. But yeah, I still hold the idea though in the back of my head at the same time where it's like, I'm also like, I'm so, it's a video game. So these things, I think there should be a push to make like articles like this and be vocal about making developers like almost, even if you can, like try to kind of shame them, you know, into making sure these things are in games. Like, I still think that's positive. At the same time, I wouldn't feel entitled about it. Does that make sense? Like a difference between expectations and the doing the right thing, but then also being entitled. Yeah, I don't think anyone's entitled, though. He basically just... I didn't say he was. I'm just saying, well, some people are. Like, there are people on the internet and there are people who think that way, where it's like, you're entitled to this. And I'm like, I wouldn't say... Like, that's a part of the conversation is entitlement. People aren't nuanced enough to differentiate being entitled, like expecting something and pushing for something and then being entitled like you're owed it like that kind of thing is different that's fair i would say that the non-disabled community of people who play video games are uh are far more and consistently entitled than uh than the disabled community of of people who play video games like anytime a change is made to call of duty you'd think that someone shot someone's son and they all (laughs) they all come out with like the they're entitled to this, they're entitled to that, they're entitled to be able to talk to the community manager whenever they want. Like, I think the the mass majority of people on the internet are far more entitled than uh, than the disabled games community who's like, hey man, like, maybe just give us a feature so yeah, we can play. Yeah, you know, being kind about it, yeah, like, hey man, you know, like, I, it'd be great if you could do this, and frankly, you have the money and the resources where you probably you should, you know, so... Yeah, it'd be better. So it's a good conversation, dude. Deathloop, get some accessibility options in there. And by the time, you know, also PlayStation people unrelated, go work out all the kinks for when I can play it on Xbox. Go get it out <laughs> there. Go figure out everything wrong with it. Make all the articles. It's on PC so right I, now. So. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm, a, I'm an Xbox gamer, Jaren. I'm a, I'm a big boy in an Xbox podcast. I know you're the PC dude out there now having affairs with your other podcast hosts and me, you know, from me and then 
you know, going having affairs with with your PC instead of playing your Xbox, Jaren. Not me, man. Xbox for life. <laughs> All right, dude. Welcome to the Halo Block, your podcast, then a podcast over on the Xbox podcast. And we talked about talk about all the Halo news or all the Halo Infinite news leading up to Halo Infinite's launch and beyond, perhaps. Who knows how long this will continue to go on. So this week, we have a bit of Halo news here. Halo Infinite's second multiplayer tech preview severely limits matchmaking opportunities. I wrote that article. That's over at Gamper. And essentially, with this next tech preview coming up, by the time you hear this, the only times you'll be able to actually matchmake in the tech preview, even though you'll be able to access the academy and training before uh, that, is I guess it would be if I pull up my calendar here quickly. You have Friday, I guess it would be October 1st from 10 a.m. All these times, I'll just say, are from 10 a.m. Pacific time to 2 p.m. Pacific time. And then I think it's 5 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time, if I'm not mistaken. So four hours or eight hours total each day. And it's just going to be the weekend of October 1st, I think 2nd and 3rd. Those games, you'll be able to play big team battle matchmaking by the time you hear this. I think at this point, though, if you're hearing this, the first weekend's already over. So it's annoying because I know they're trying to stress test the servers, but the matchmaking opportunities are kind of limited and that's just annoying. But mainly the times you just noticed are during the day in Pacific time, you know, North America. So Europe, a lot of European gamers and Australia and other places, Asia, are kind of fucked because of some of the times are like in the middle of the night, you know, or like, I don't know, something like that. So they're kind of getting a little fucked in terms of times, but it's for them to tr- stress test their biggest audience, which is the North American audience. So it's like understandable, just annoying. Then you have some more Halo Infinite news here, which is something that I wrote, which is that Halo Infinite's big team battle map fragmentation has a loot cave, which I don't think they had talked about before. And they showed, you know, leading up to the tech preview, they showed a match recorded a big team battle and fragmentation. And there's doors that you can go in the map where you you put your AI in the hacking thing, you wait 20 seconds, you go in, you got power weapons. And Loot Cave is obviously a reference to Destiny's Loot Cave that they had back in like, I don't know, 2014 or 15 when that came out. But it's kind of cool. So they have like this new feature that wasn't in previous Halos. That's just a small thing. Then they had, I guess, another thing, Jaren which was Halo Infinite event passes were detailed in a Halo the September uh, Inside Infinite blog post. And so you remember how Halo or 343 was like, yo, you're going to be able to unlock things just whenever you want. The battle passes don't go away. Each season's going to have its own battle pass, but you can choose to progress in whichever battle pass you want, regardless of which season it is. So if it's season four, you can progress in the season one battle pass if you didn't finish it before the season was over. So all these rewards are going to be available to you. You're not going to be missing out. Well, that's what they led us to believe, Jaren. But now there's an event pass that they announced. So each season is going to have like one or separate free event passes that are only going to be available during limited, obviously, event times throughout the season. They, uh, 343 claims that there will be a, they'll be available enough for you to be able to unlock the exclusive, you know, armor rewards. I think in this season, season one, it's going to be the Yoroi, uh, I think samurai kind of armor. Mm. There's going to be 20 tiers to the event pass, and it's going to be available like a few weekends in the three 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 months first season and you're gonna and once it's over though like it's from what we understand and how they phrased it and how it's in the infinite post it's gone so turns out there will be rewards that you cannot unlock in perpetuity uh, unlike the battle pass because this is separate jared this is kind of correlated mm-hmm. with the battle pass but it's not the same thing they want you to know i guess so they technically didn't lie to they, you. yeah i guess technically they, they didn't just lie. they didn't lie to you they just misled you is all they did so there you go there's the event pass thing if you were curious about that and then Halo Infinite devs, uh, this is from IGN, Halo Infinite dev explains multiplayer challenges to ease worries about progression. So you know how everyone was worried about how, well, particularly me, there's no XP system, uh, really, where you can like actually rank up like in the match, killing people, then rank up in levels. You just get XP from completing challenges in the game. 
Well, apparently, the Halo devs say there's going to be roughly 16 to 18 hours worth of content, like challenges to do each day for uh, at launch. And so at some of those, you're going to have to actually be winning to be able to progress if you go through them far enough. I still don't prefer the system of challenges for gaining XP and progressing in the battle pass. I prefer just being able to play the game and just rank up based on your win law, you're winning or losing in kills and everything, not tied to challenges. However, you know, that's this is what they have. There's going to be a lot of them. They don't think you're going to run out. And they also claim that things can change, you know, but based on player feedback as the game kind of lives on, you know, in the months after its release. Yeah, I don't think that changed anyone's opinion on it, though. Like, he basically just reiterated the same thing and said it was to ease worries. The, the Everyone's issue was, hey, we don't want to do challenges, specific challenges to do things. We just want to be able to unlock stuff by playing and playing however we want. And then they said, well, you'll have lots of challenges that you can continue so you can play in many different ways. And it's like, that's not what they were mad about. Yeah, he basically just said, you know, you have... He basically clarified that there will be 16 to 18 hours worth of challenges, according to him, each day. And it's like, I don't care. And for a, as a Halo fan myself, and just for you guys listening, I expect that they will add some sort of XP kind of progression, normal progression system in the multiplayer sometime after launch. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be three months. I don't know if it'll be a year. I don't know if it'll be a year and a half. But I imagine that's coming just because of people like me and other people who just want a normal ass XP bar that you have where you can get kills and rank up in the match. I don't know. I imagine that's coming. And anyway, that was a lot of Halo news today. But that is the wrap up of the Halo block. Probably a bit longer than three minutes. So hopefully Jaren <laughs> doesn't kill me. But there was a lot of stuff to cover there. And the Halo Tech Preview is live now if you're listening to this. Hopefully you guys got in. And stay tuned, you know, for more info on what happens with the big team battle matchmaking. Halo Halo block out, Jaren. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. And the last story, uh, Grounded will receive one of its biggest updates yet this October. They teased it. They said it's going to be bigger than the Koi Pond update. Yeah, it's coming for Halloween, I guess. Stay tuned. Big update. And Grounded looks like it's getting kind of hype. I watched some of the trailers of their previous updates, Jaren. You know, they got achievements now, Jaren. Yeah, uh, that's what we were saying. Once they had achievements, as long as the achievements weren't terrible, we might give it a shot. Yeah, so, you know, all you Grounded fans out there, big update coming. And Sea of Thieves, I think we mentioned Sea of Thieves Season 4 is live, so... You know, go rank up in the Plunder Pass if you want to do that. And now, because we have to review the Surge 2 this week, we're going to we're gonna make that our X-Factor discussion. Oh, no, Jaren, hold up, watch this. You uh, wrote in the X-Factor discussion, I get a choice between three. One of them was 60 frames per second versus ray tracing, which is king. Uh, frames per second. All right, X-Factor out. There you go. That was the, that was the quick X-Factor discussion. Now, now we're going to hop <laughs> into uh, Game Pass or Game Play. And uh, we're going to review the Surge 2. Uh, Hell yeah. I guess I'll go first because I feel like you played it more recently. So you might have more poignant things to say. I played it today. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No, it's it just reminds me of it's the same Dark Souls kind of gameplay where it's like, yeah, I've got to be super specific about when I attack. I got to I got to do all this. It's monotonous. I, and then I run into some enemy who's super tough. I figure out a way to beat him. And then everyone's like, that's when you're supposed to be jazz that you figured out a way to beat him. And it's like when I overcome difficult obstacles in life, I'm still like, well, that kind of sucked, but I'm glad I got over it. That's how I feel about Dark Souls gameplay, where I'm like, the environment's cool. The story from what I had for the first few hours that I played seemed cool, super vague. Uh, But I guess that's the point. I'm supposed to go and like look around and like learn things through the environment but you know not my thing go Caleb. let me give people a run i was gonna give people a rundown real quick before we got too far in so the surge came out in 2017 and this is a sequel surge 2 in game pass developed by tech 13 interactive and a quick just you know synopsis it just says on wikipedia 
The Surge 2 is set in a dystopian future where humans have exhausted the world's resources, leading to strange social service and environmental disease, bringing mankind to the brink of extinction. Creo, which is an acronym, one of the largest tech conglomerates, makes attempts to restore the environment, but with the task taking too long, a second process is developed. Project Utopia, bro, and it gets into nanobots and all kinds of nonsense. There's a 95% of humanity's like wiped out with these, there's nanai, it's all kinds of shit, it's crazy, sci-fi, crazy. And then Surge 2 takes place in Jericho City, and uh, yeah, you're tasked basically with finding some Creo founder's daughter, and that's, that's as much as you need to know. That's the rundown of Surge 2, okay? pass so okay you gave it a pass just immediately <laughs> so yeah dude i played it you start off in a prison jaren and mm-hmm. you, you wake up and it's it's your traditional fucking kind of game where you're like you're in a coma so that you know everything can be explained to you and so you don't have to worry about explaining things in the world because the character doesn't know either dude, so the, the whole time i played it sense. i was trapped in a prison even once i escaped the prison in the game <laughs> yeah hey got him jaren where's your crickets how about that <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> and so then you, you, you make your way out of the prison, you find this little tech suit, and the game is based on, I'll say, like Jaren said, Dark Souls kind of combat, but in a more grounded yet sci-fi setting. You have this little suit attachment, and it, you have upgrades that you can do, and you have weapons, and you have like systems like that, and you have items and inventory, like a normal kind of almost RPG type thing. You can rank up your stamina, your health, or whatever you have the traditional Dark Souls vials that you can heal yourself with if you're in the middle of combat. But every time you go to one of these suit chambers to, I don't know, that you find throughout the map, and if you die on the way to the next area or whatever, you get reset back there and all your shit gets dropped where you died. Uh, it's Again, it's just a Dark Souls kind of combat clone. And uh, it's really, here's what I'll say about it, Jaren. It's a hard game. And you and I don't like Dark Souls, but not because we're bad at games, because if you look at my achievement list, I am definitively not. And I know Jaren isn't either. It's just not fun. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the only way I give you a play on this is if you like Dark Souls and you like really hard games. Like if you want to run from one side of town to the other and encounter enemies where you're not going to immediately kill them. The combat system's kind of cool and the game runs really well in performance mode and it looks really great and the light- lighting's really great. The animations are really great. It's surprisingly great in a lot of ways. So in, in terms of a Dark Souls clone... If you're into those, this is for you. But otherwise, it's going to be too, it's going to be, first of all, too hard, and you're not going to have fun. There's a lot of enemies, you get wiped, you get wiped over and over again like Dark Souls. It's, it's annoying for me, Jaren, just one of the things about Dark Souls, which is where, say there's a guy, right, Jaren? He's 15, he's, or no, he's like five or six feet in front of me, okay? Maybe seven, right? I lock on to him, Jaren. Like, I lock on to his head, which you can do. And I press attack, right? You would think, Jaren, if you're not locked on, that you just swing. And if you're locked on, you go to the guy and attack him if he's relatively within range. That's not what happens in this game, Jaren. This guy's seven feet in front of you, six feet in front of you. You lock onto his ass, you press swing, and your guy just swings in front of you. And you're like, clearly that's not what I wanted to do. Clearly <laughs> I wanted you to go and attack his ass. Like if I'm atta- like, And he's within reach. So don't just attack nothing. And so you'll attack nothing, and then the dude will beat your ass. And, or you'll press dodge sometimes, even when you have some stamina. And it, the game's like, no, nah, you're not dodging. And it's just some of those annoying small Dark Souls things that make it where it's not a game for me. Again, pass is overall what I'd give it because of how many people overall are into Dark Souls games. But if you're a science, if you're a huge sci-fi kind of action RPG or action, you know, kind of game fan, and you like Dark Souls really hard gameplay, 
then it's for you. Then you play. That's my review. Uh, I would only give it a play where if you're the kind of person who likes to go to like a, a dominatrix club and get beat mm-hmm. by a woman. Yeah, which you are. Or a man. Person, person listening, like, hey, I know you are. Don't lie to me. I know that's who you are. Okay, I see you. Yeah. You should play The Surge too, sir, but not for me. Yeah, we're going to collectively give it a pass. And next week, we will be spinning our game for October, and uh, we'll let you know what that is. Hopefully, it's uh, not another Dark Souls clone. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it would have been more fun in co-op, right? Like where you and I could double tap dudes. Yeah, because we would just do something else uh, stupid instead of like actually playing the game. <laughs> I've always thought Dark Souls games are better, would be better in co-op. Like they may be more fun for Jaren and I to play. And that was kind of reinforced by when we played Remnant and Jaren and I had a lot of fun with that game. That game's good. I've even played like a tad bit of Bloodborne and I like Bloodborne way better than this game. Yeah, apparently they're different, you know, ver- like Dark Souls is more about blocking and parrying and it's slower. Whereas, and apparently Bloodborne's more about attacking and it's more fast and it's about dodging as opposed to blocking. And th- I don't know. That's that's what I understand it. Well, now we're moving on to the FAF and the FAF is where I bring you all the news that you see scrolling by on your Twitter feed that you should not click on while you're on your way downtown. You got your phone out. You're looking through Twitter. Do something else. Do something more productive. Come back here on Monday and I will put it in your ears. The news that you Oof. didn't need to know, but the news that might be funny to find out. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff, Jaren, where people are like, they're on the pot. You ever been on the pot, Jaren? You're sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. waiting to give birth. And you're like, okay, should I listen to podcasts on Spotify while I'm here? Or should I open Twitter and check out the gaming news? And this is the time where you choose to open the news. And it's just extremely disappointing. And you're like, oh, should have well, listened to the podcast. This wasn't the good gaming news. That's the fact. Yeah, and if you are sitting on the toilet right now, I want you to turn me up really loud. And if they're especially, hey, sir, that's sitting next to you, listen to the X block. Darren, I listen to this podcast for quality assurance later. What if I'm on the toilet? (laughs) What if I'm the one listening? Well, then you got to turn it up. And if there's someone next to you, uh, make sure that they hear me tell them to listen to the X block. All right, man, we'll do. All right, Caleb, hit me with the first one. Oh, what is it? Microfaf. Get prepared. Xbox mini fridge info is on the way very soon. Yes, dude, I'm... God, you guys, listen, when, when I when I hit you up about the Patreon at the end of the episode, this is a big point of contention here, all right? I'm going to come back to this. Okay, go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> Xbox will soon let you switch back to your 360 gamer pick for a hit of pure nostalgia. Uh, I already have my 360 avatar because the new avatars I hate and they don't look like me. And the one on the Xbox 360 avatar kind of looks like me a little bit. More so than I could make the new avatars look like me. But anyway, my gamer picture, Jaren, already is a picture of my Xbox 360 avatar. So it's kind of like I'm already there. You've been there forever. Yeah, I'm still there. Just living in the glory days. That's where, what, what are those Twitter posts, Jaren's? Like, my mind is here. My mind's always here. Or like, I'm, you know, and it's just wherever. Like, yeah, that's me. The 360, that's where I live. Xbox's Edge browser can now run the great Google Stadia. So before you guys remember, they were testing nonsense and it was like, we reported on it in August, like, yeah, you can apparently play Stadia games in in your Chrome browser on your PC or Xbox, whatever. And now it's for everybody. The Chrome browser's been updated. This one's kind of cool, like it's faff, but it's faff because it's Google. You know, like you can actually play Stadia on your Xbox now, I think, with the new Chrome browser. The funniest thing about this is anytime anyone tweets about these kind of things on Twitter, you always have like the six people who like Stadia who come out and are like, why would I ever buy a console when I can play Stadia? I don't need to play it on the console's browser. I can play Stadia anywhere. And it's like, well, go away. No yeah, one wants you who, here. Who are get, you, dude? Get back in your hole. <laughs> get back in there. <laughs> the state. You push them in. Get in there. Get out of here. No one wants to hear about you in Stadia. Just go. Just go somewhere else. What a failed enterprise. (laughs) All right, Caleb, hit me with the next one. 
Dopey versus Grumpy. Dude, I'm I'm Grumpy. You're Dopey, Jim. Fortnite banned on iOS for as long as five years, Sweeney says, as he accuses Apple of lying. I called it Dopey versus Grumpy because Apple's grumpy about this lawsuit, so they banned uh, Fortnite from being on iOS for probably as long as five years. And then I called Dopey uh, Tim Sweeney because he, they failed like 90% of this lawsuit. They lost like they lost like every single point except one and they still are like yo apple's definitely gonna be cool with us yeah tim sweeney is a head of epic for those of you who don't know mm -hmm. who own fortnite i think and yeah dude they they yeah won that point in the lawsuit or some nonsense and so App apple like swung their big apple dick around jaren and they said you know what uh since we're you know we have we're in appeals with you we're going to uh ban you from our store until these you know appeals are our, our whole legal disputes are settled and that could take <laughs> up to five years so have fun not being on ios genius and the last one caleb quick quips star wars knights of the old republic is coming to switch this year not the not the remake the original game <laughs> i don't even know how to feel about that i don't, I don't have a quick quip jared i saw it and i was like peasants you know that's it and the last quick quip which i traditionally take halo's co-creator says his next major project will divide the player base and uh all I'm going to say is that, well, his last game, Disintegration, everyone was not divided. They were firmly on the, we're not playing this because it's shit. So we're going to find out uh, if he can actually divide the player base and get half the people to give a shit about his game. <laughs> That's true, Jaren. You were, that game apparently really <laughs> did suck. But you know you know what really divided the player base, Jaren? Bungie, like, Marty O'Donnell put up some music, like Destiny music that wasn't his and uh, on YouTube or something. And then, like... Bungie brought the hammer down on his ass like and they're like suing the fuck out of him for like thousands tens of thousands of dollars of damages or nonsense so the guy you know who Bungie worked with for many many years on their composing and Halo theme he made the Halo theme song he made the initial Destiny music and all that uh they, that bridge is burned Marty O'Donnell is uh he's been he's been kicked out during you know I'm saying like, I feel yeah, like it was pretty burned the last five fun. years like they've both been kind of dicks to each other yeah like apparently the just for we didn't really cover this news apparently you know Marty O'Donnell's in the wrong about what he did mm -hmm. all but uh, the other side is that Bungie is did not does not have to fucking slam him as hard as they're doing like they don't have to fucking make like just burn this man but they are they are burning this man and now here are some unreleased halo track no i'm just kidding we don't want to get sued either <laughs> good one jaren that is the end of the x block podcast episode 28 if you would like to listen to us somewhere else than you're listening to us now you can head over to spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, overcast anything that is supported by anchor if you'd like to listen to your podcast on youtube like some people do head over to the x block podcast on youtube youtube if what up you are one of those people who wants to follow us outside of the podcast. Feel free to go check us out on Twitter at XBlock Podcast. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at XBlock Podcast. And one day we will stream, Caleb. And what's that called? We will. Dude, we are going to stream at the underscore XBlock, no dashes, on, uh, on, twi on Twitch one day, Jaren. Maybe I'll stream Halo. Maybe I'll stream Splitgate. Who knows? Still, Jaren and I still have to find time to set up our audio and things. And we will do it. But you can, at this point, go follow us on Twitch. One day we'll go live and you can say, I was in on the ground floor as you're in a Siberian prison 40 years from now. You can say, <laughs> I was there at the beginning. We'll all and be also, in there Jaren, together. Yeah. And then also, Jaren, you can find us over at a Patreon, patreon.com slash xblockpodcast. All our posts go up there if you just want to have Patreon as your one shot, you know, one stop hub of, uh, of, of the xblock podcast experience. If you don't like Spotify, go over to Patreon, listen to our podcast there. 
drop us a few dimes, a few dollars, a few bitcoins, whatever you want. And, uh, you know, that can help me buy a new mic, which would help the podcast out. We can get a new PC or we can, you know, complete the reason we even started this podcast in the first place, which is to get an Xbox fridge, the mini fridges. Go throw us some money over on Patreon so that we can get one for the kids. You know, you people get downtrodden in this world, Jaren. You know, bad things happen to good people. But put something positive out there, Jaren. Get let the little guys win once. You know, get us a mini fridge. That's my spiel. Yep, I'm on board. I want the mini fridge, and I want you to go out there and tell your friends, your family, any person you know. If you see a person on the street and they're looking at you and they look kind of uncomfortable, I want you to whisper in their ear to listen to the X-Block podcast and tell them to go to our Patreon so we can get a fridge. You know how you're supposed to do one good thing a day to some person, like help somebody out? Well, if grandma's crossing the street, just go up to her, push her down and say X-Block podcast. X-Block out. Thanks for listening to the X-Block. New episodes every Monday at 5 a.m.